You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're glad you're with us for another episode, exciting episode. We're on episode 78 here with my good friend and co-host Jay Mudd. How's it going today, buddy? Good, man, man. Good. Uh, we cannot talk about where we live today. Uh, we had a listener reach out and tell us that uh, that was no longer fun. And so uh, that being said, good to be here, Josh. <laughs> I won't tell you where I'm from because that would be weird. Uh, well, I can tell you we're both in the state of Florida uh, currently. And, go uh, there. You yeah. need to stop. You need to stop. This is the feedback we got. Yeah, the Josh. banter that we have is sometimes very specific. But today we have a new way to bring you in. Uh, Jay had a great <laughs> idea to talk about. Uh, our favorite desserts. Yeah. So Josh, listen, I want to do an old fashioned, just like pickup game type model here. You're going to pick your top five desserts. I'm going to pick my top five desserts and then we're going to put the list out. All right. This is going to be public knowledge. We're going to put it on social media and we want people to vote. It's a simple vote. I want you to get out there and vote. All right. So we'll drop this in the next, you know, when the episode drops, we'll drop this as well. And uh, we want to vote and we'll see who wins. Okay. So we're going to do our list here in a minute. We're going to draft one, but one at a time, we're going to pick our teams here, our dessert team. All right. And we, we, we could talk about this along the way too. So Josh, I'll let you go first since you are the leader of this podcast. Um, and so <laughs> probably something I'll hear about in the hate mail this week. So we talk about that too much. Um, so here we go, Josh, why don't you start first? If you had to pick five, okay. What would be your number five pick? Uh, number five would be some just, just good old fashioned brownies. Wow. Wow. Do you put peanut butter in your brownies? My wife I mean, does I, what, that. And I, it doesn't I feel, matter. Whatever. I feel like, whatever. I feel like, but I feel Walnuts, like peanut butter ruins peanut, it. I don't care. No. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's got to be good old fashioned, just chocolate. This brownies. is my list, though. You can't, you can't, you well, can't change my list. But here's what I want to tell is you is my number, list. What's number your number five? five? Brownies. But are not, you serious? It's gotta be, but it's got to be chocolate. You I'm put specific. brownies down. I don't even, I'm, I haven't seen your list. I, I, I'm going to be specific. It's got to be chocolate, only chocolate brownies. No peanut butter, no nuts. No nothing. Don't okay. ruin it. Don't ruin it. People ruin it. All right. So All right. so far, I mean, it's brownies. pretty tough. We we both got oh. number five, four five brownies. So Josh, number four. Where are you at? All right, brownie points. Okay, number four, key lime pie. Okay, yeah, you're gonna lose. Um, you're gonna lose. Uh, so anyhow, uh, number four for me is yellow cake with chocolate icing. Old, just yellow cake, chocolate just yellow icing. cake, just. With chocolate okay. icing. This is Yellow old cake. school. This is the stuff chocolate we had icing. growing up. Like, you know, yeah, just... like don't give me anything fancy. I want just the good old fashioned, and it doesn't even have to, it could be a yeah. sheet cake. Just a sheet just cake. Just sheet cake. Just put it yeah. in the oven, throw you some frosting it. on it. Way better. Way better than key lime milk. pie. Way right? better than key lime pie. I mean, all right. On. All right. We'll, I'm, we'll, I'm, let the, feeling, we'll let the list, we'll let the listeners decide. I'm feeling tartness in my mouth. That's what I feel. It's, yeah. it's, it's just tart. Listen, the key lime pie and Florida just go together. You know, it's like sunshine on the ocean. Maybe, right, on number an, three. Maybe, on, maybe on an island, you know. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pastor Pod Passive Aggressive Podcast. All right. Number three, just chocolate chip cookies, man. I mean, come on. Just All straightforward right. chocolate chip cookies. All right. Well, number three for me, cheesecake. Just okay. straight cheesecake. 
You don't want any special cheesecake. You just no, want no, cheesecake. Just cheesecake. Now, pumpkin cheesecake is pretty good, but that uh, that's 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 seasonal. Yeah, yeah, you're getting cheesecake. fancy there. Cheesecake, yeah. just cheesecake. old, just you know, just, with the, with just the, yeah. just cheese cake. Well, it's not no just strawberries cheese. on top. Nothing. No, no cherries. No, no. And no. definitely don't do those fake cherries. That ruins cheesecake. The fake cherries they pour on top. If you right. ever get that, just just throw it in the trash. Not worth it. All right, but cheesecake. All right, right. Number two, what you got? Number two is peanut butter pie. Yep, you lost peanut butter. Peanut butter, no good. Nobody likes peanut butter. <laughs> it's bad for you. Uh, it ruins any dessert with peanut butter. I don't know if you figured that out now to me. So number two for me is warm. No, number two for me. I, I got to take that back. Number two for me, cookie dough, not cooked, just, just cookie dough out of the can. Uh, you can go risky if you want. You can actually make like edible cookie dough okay. but cookie dough no mm. don't make the cookies don't heat them up mm-hmm. cookie dough that's number two for me i like it all right josh right your number one now I, we didn't talk about categories or what's included but i will say there is a place here in the southwest florida area it's an amish place and they make the best pies and they have the best coconut cream pie that's my number one nobody picks this it's not famous Mm. But let me tell you, it's an amazing pie. It's just, it changes everything. Mm. It touches know. me deeply. So, Josh, my number one might surprise you because it's, it's not specific. It's pretty broad. Um, and this is really my biggest weakness, if anybody knows me. But it is. Are you ready? Number one, ice cream. Ice cream. It's just yep. ice cream in general. My family, when we lived in Boston, uh, we used to enjoy the springtime because that's when you could start going at ice cream from all of the different places that did ice cream. And we would rank those ice creams. Uh, but, you know, ice cream is a is all year. Even in the wintertime in Boston, I'd be sitting in front of my fireplace eating a bowl of ice cream. Of ice cream. Ice cream is my weakness. So, Josh, go ahead and hit us. Uh, repeat your list, one to five. Uh, tell us your list again. Let's go. What is it? All right, here we go. Number five, brownies. Number four, key lime pie. Number three, chocolate chip cookies. Number two, peanut butter pie. Number one, coconut cream pie. Ah, Josh, I don't think you, I, I think I've got the winning list here. All right, here we go. Ready? Number five, brownies, warm brownies, chocolate only, no peanut butter, no additional items. Number four, yellow cake with chocolate icing. Oh, and if it's warm, that's even added bonus. Warm. Oof. Good stuff. Number three, cheesecake. Not warm cold cheesecake cheesecake number two cookie dough do not cook it just the dough cookie dough and then number one ice cream any kind like why can't you cream. just say the list why is there a caveat on everything like it's like ice cream <laughs> but hey you know it's like just so you just you just you're just this is this is just extra today you're just extra today no, <laughs> it's it's more along the lines. I want to make sure I'm clarifying. Just, if anything, yeah, maybe I, I I'm, think that's important. No, I I'm think it's clarifying no, I, what no, I'm it's, talking it's about. Fair. I want it's I fair. want you to I want you to taste it. I want you to smell it, and I want you to vote and if for you're me. listening. We vote want for J Mud. We want you to tweet us, Facebook us, email us thepastorpartygmod.com. Tell us your top five. Tell us who you would line who you line up with, or maybe well, I think, pick your favorites that we chose just to, just for some fun. 
we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. And I think you do need to put the list up there. Let people vote. Which one is the best? Okay. List of right, it's going five. up on Friday. We're going to I love it. it. There we go. We got the list. Well, so today, there, but yeah, we're recording this two days early, but yeah. <laughs> Correct. All right. <laughs> well, Josh, that was, that was fun. I learned a lot about you and uh, man, I, I don't think we could, we could get along on a dessert night. Uh, to be honest, if it was an old school church function with dessert night, um, I would not go to your your item. Probably um, I would I would bring my own. And honestly, I don't do potluck dinners anyway or any kind of potluck. I don't know where it's been, where it was prepared. That's just me. I'm a weird guy like that, though. Yeah, um, I understand. I, I don't even use the pillows in hotel rooms. Yeah, we've talked uh, about this. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So have we talked about it on the podcast? Yeah. There's just oh. there's things about both of us that are just a little weird at times. And I think everybody yeah. can relate. There's there's always something about us that is kind of unique. We have our own little opinions. We have our own way of doing things. And, that, and that's what makes us unique. But today's podcast, we're, we're going to be diving into really how I really, I would say probably not a most, uh, a really clear topic, but I would say probably one of the most difficult ones to understand because as pastors, as churches, we do a lot of things differently. Every church does things differently. And some of them are weird. Yeah. Some of them are just weird. They're just, just weird. Uh, and I think that that is something that we want to talk a little bit about today. We want to talk about this idea that like, Hey, sometimes the things that we do are weird um, and sometimes we take it too far in the attempt to reach someone, and it gets really weird because we're walking this weird line between, uh, you know, almost borderline sinning for the sake of reaching people. And so, Josh, let's just talk about this for a minute. You've been in how many churches have you served in, Josh? Oh man, going back to college days. Sure, go back to college days just for fun. So I was a part-time youth pastor at a little church. Okay, we don't called... we don't have to have your resume. Whoa, you, I've just well, you, got, you got to give like a 10 minute caveat to your dessert. So let me just talk <laughs> for a minute, okay? No, little church, you know, Jordan. <laughs> We're so weird. Anyway, part-time for a little church in Iron City, Georgia during college. And then I was at church in Jacksonville as a youth pastor. And then I was at a church in South Alabama for a while. And then I was in Ocala at the Springs for almost five years, four or five years. Then I was in Jacksonville again, uh, planted a church with, with a wonderful church there. And then now I'm here in Venice. So is that five? I don't know. You lost me after the first one. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's tuning out. They're yeah, like, I don't want to hear your caveats. Josh. I tried. I we want to hear say, Jay's caveats, but we don't, don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear say, anything. We don't from need you. to know your resume. Yeah, I just need to know how many I stopped counting. You asked I was like, the question and I'm trying to explain so Josh, I've been at four churches total. Um, Where were they located? I'm not going to tell you. That's not that's irrelevant, and I'm willing to bet the listeners don't care. But I've been at four churches. The reason I ask you this is this: is you've been at some churches. What are some weird things that you've seen done at churches? And you don't have to call out a church. Uh, he's he, if you're not watching, you're, he's he's smiling, going, "Man, I don't want to get in trouble here." There's got to be some weird things that you've seen. Like, I mean, I'm talking like kissing a pig. Um, we were dumping oh. stuff. I mean, just just weird stuff that's just like, what are we doing here? And I get we do it for some yeah. of those things. Like as a youth pastor, my goal, I felt like sometimes was just, hey, can I get a kid to throw up? Like, you can't do that now. But back in the day, yeah. it was like, can I get a kid to throw up on a Wednesday night? That's awesome. Well, there's uh, things I did as a youth pastor I would not recommend 
Yeah. You know, like we did, we did stuff, just silly stuff, you know, like you, like you said, we'd have them, you know, have eating contests, like how many hot dogs can you eat in a minute? I mean, I, that, that wasn't a good decision. Like it was right. hilarious, but. But why did are, so here's what so I we did it to have fun or to draw kids in from, from school and to connect them to Christ and all that. So there was always a purpose <laughs> behind a lot of it. And of course we focused on the word of God being taught and preached and, and small group, but yeah, we did silly stuff. Like we would blend up a McDonald's happy meal and have them drink it, you know, stuff. That's just, it's just, it just, it's not, it's, it's, it's weird. So Josh, I'm kind of, it's kind of embarrassing to say these things out loud. Uh, but we, we had a good time and we always, we always, we always had joy in the youth group because there's something fun we're going to do. But when it came to the word, we get serious, but, but there was times it's probably, I probably went too far with it. You know, it's like, do I need to do this to reach someone for the Lord? And there's been kind of this stream of communication for the last, I don't know, 10 years that like, you know, churches have, you know, we, we want to, we want to reach people. We go to, we get to this extreme mindset where it's like, we have to be so cool and hip and we have to be so close to the world that, that, you know, but we're not, but we're not stepping over the line of sin, but we're just, we care so much. We want to do things that eh, could be questionable. And I think that's kind of where we're going today is talking through some of that, not silly little games in youth group, although some of that I could have probably done differently, but what does it mean to be a witness what does it mean to be influ an influencer for the gospel without becoming like those we're trying to reach? In other so, words, how, how do I, how, how am I supposed to be in the world, but not of it? How do I represent Christ as I rub shoulders and spend time with people in the community, in my life, you know, in our church um, to make a difference? So that's kind of the tension. So the reason I asked you the question was simple. It's just because I think, uh, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around weird things we would do. And I asked that question because I know if you've been a youth pastor in any capacity, you've done something uh, irrational, dumb at times, not, not really well thought out. And your intention behind it is I want to reach somebody. I want more people to come in. I want to connect with people who normally wouldn't come to church. That's your intention behind it. And yeah. then we're very quickly, and you, you did exactly that. You were very quick to go, but we want to be serious about God's word. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think about the idea that many times we do those things. We draw a huge crowd because of the games and activities we're playing. Um, and then if we're not doing those things, a lot of times we would we would see a difference. In, it's sort of like when we do something hyped out on on the weekend uh, at church. We do something hyped, draw a huge crowd, and the next weekend we're all deflated because they didn't come back because we're not entertaining them again or we're not doing whatever mm -hmm. it needs to be. And I think you're that's that is that's that's exactly the tension is like how. How far do we often go for the sake of trying to reach people? Um, but we, we it's it's borderline. You know, I, I I threw this out in our planning. And when I say planning, I use that light. We we plan, Josh. We do. We have a schedule and things like that. But sometimes it's text messages back and forth where we're talking about, you know, hey, this is what I think. And I, and I mentioned in one of our texts we were talking, uh, Craig Rochelle is often known as saying, you know, we'll do anything short of sin in order to reach the lost. And um, I, I think that is the tension point there is is I, I personally understand where Craig may be coming from in the aspect of like, okay, what he's saying is like we're aggressive. We're going to push the limits. Um, the lostness is real. We want to get after it. We want to we want to do everything we possibly can to reach them and meet them where they are. Um, and I and I and I appreciate the aggressiveness, the 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 urgency behind that statement. 
of of what he's trying to accomplish. But at the same time, someone could take that a, a, a whole different way and almost uh, borderline. Well, that means that I I can I can maybe maybe uh, reinterpret some scripture. I can maybe you know, take liberties that I would normally wouldn't take in order to reach someone because I need to be. Mm-hmm. As Paul said to a Jew, a, uh, you know, a Jew to a Gentile, a Gentile, I need to be all things to all people, um, which means I need to maybe, um, you know, push the boundaries sometimes. And I think that's what we're talking about here is is we got to be very careful in in, in 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 what we're doing here because there is, as Craig would say, an urgency. Um, there is a, a lostness. There is a people who do not know Jesus and will spend eternity separated from God. That is a real fact. We all know people in that state, and there should be an urgency and a desire and a and a risk-taking mentality. But at the same time, we are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart. We're called um, to live above reproach. And so here we are on this spectrum of going how to how does that all work together how, how how do we how do we reach those who are far from god without being weird and doing weird things how do we be in the world but not of the world all of those those factors josh mm-hmm. i think i think it comes down to uh, the goal is 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 we're trying to win them to know jesus not win them to think we're cool i think there's sometimes a, a mindset among I'm not. I'm not sure if this is a mindset between uh, whether it's churches or pastors or leaders or maybe just our culture today that we're trying to win them to us or win them to uh, like us. And as long as they like us, we've we've won or we've succeeded in the mission, right? So whether it's an event or an emphasis, um, our 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 goal is to introduce them to Christ. And so if the goal of the whole focus is to get people to notice how quote unquote relevant we are. And it's okay to to seek relevance because you're meeting people where they're at. But the goal of the church isn't just to be relevant. It's to be relevant to then connect them to Christ and to connect them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the end goal isn't, hey, we're cooler now, or hey, we did something creative. The goal of creativity, the goal of relevance, the goal of events, the goal of X, Y, Z should be to lead people into a life-giving relationship with Christ uh, and and really ask the question like is this? And of course, I've you I've heard people say gimmicks or, hey, whatever you reach them with, you have to you know continue. There's different phrases that I've I've, I've learned and what you're reaching with, you keep them with. Yeah, you keep them with. Yeah, and so it's that tension. But at the same time, like if your posture is you want to humbly serve people, like you said, Jay, to you know like Paul put it out there, like I, I become all things to all people. So my goal is to relate to people. I'm going to love them enough to get to know them, right? Because you're you're in an area that you're planting a new church, and there's a lot of, like you were saying earlier, de-churched people who might be have gone to church at one time but really aren't a part of one, or maybe just completely unchurched, never been to church, doesn't have have no desire or, or I you know inkling to go to church or to know Jesus. And so to love them, you're going to be creative and relevant on how you meet them where they're at. But the goal of all of it isn't just so that people can go, wow, they're really cool. Oh, wow, that church has this and that. Oh, that pastor does this or that. Or, hey, that illustration you gave on Sunday was so neat. And it's like, well, if they missed the point of the illustration or the object lesson or the video, and they didn't get the point of why you did it, then I think you missed the point. Does that make sense? I think that sometimes do. it's the gimmick or the it's the creativity 
and then they walk away talking about or missing the point that it was supposed to drive us back to the to the word and let the word speak. And so I know that's a it's a tension. I'm not saying that I figured it out. It's definitely a struggle because you want to reach people and be creative. But I do think to be in the world, not of the world, means that you don't just have to copy paste what they're doing in order to relate to them. Like, for instance, there's a, a lot of people that would push back and say, well, Josh, you know, um, I, I need to partake of alcohol, you know, to be able to relate to people uh, that might be at a bar or somewhere else. Or, or I need to go do this with them. And it's OK if I do this as long as I bring up the Lord. It's like, well, that's not the point. It's not about becoming or doing what they do in order to relate to them. The way you relate to people is by loving them. Right. Now, let's and I think there's it. sometimes uh, to push back on that a little bit if you want, but there's this mindset, I think, that's like, well, I've got to literally become just like them almost, except the difference is they don't know Jesus and I do, but I do everything that they do, everything well, that they do. And I think that's the danger of that, of the, of the integrity. I agree with you, and I, I don't want to necessarily push back on what you're saying, but I want to push it the other way, is mm -hmm. that sometimes we also go the opposite direction, and we, I want to say we borderline become so rigid and legalistic about things that um, that's when things get weird, is the those that are outside the church go, I, I can't even relate because you're so regiment or legalistic about certain things to where um you know if i do this thing uh, let's let's use the topic you just you just you just brought up because you said you know some people would say hey i need to drink and go to the bar in order to reach somebody it's okay unless and again whether we agree about that or disagree about that and that's, that's a broad like right but what i'm getting gave, at is the point yeah. is this it's like so there are churches that would go to the extreme legalistic, I believe legalistic side and say, Hey, if you drink any alcohol, you're wrong and you're, you're in sin, which is not what the Bible communicates and teaches. Sure. All right. Now, whatever your belief is about that. Now we are instructed not to cause our brother to stumble. And that's where it gets really fun to think through and process about everything you do, because if you're doing anything that's causing another believer to stumble, you are then um, going against God's word. And so those are checks and balances you have to make in every category in life that you're you're working in. You need to try your best not to cause your brother to stumble. <clears throat> but at sometimes it's the churches that will spend more emphasis on these are the things that we can't do or do do and miss reaching people because you put them in you put people in a category and banish them and push them aside because um they're doing something that maybe the Bible's not very specific on. And you you put on so I want to push the other ways. Yes, we can get too creative, but sometimes we lack the ability to be creative and think outside the box because we're missing that connection point. We we we've become so disconnected from the world that we can't even be, you know, right. we can't find that. You said it was relational. You said it was a relationship with people, and we've become so. Um, I guess in some ways so regiment about the way we live our life that we have. We can't connect with people. People can't find that connection point with mm -hmm. you. Um, and so, for example, I was at my I was at my barber shop, and I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but I'll share it just for so my barber shop talking to my barber who I can't talk to because he doesn't speak English. All right, I'll, I'll preface it with that. He doesn't speak English. He speaks Spanish. Speaks enough English to say cut my hair. Tell me, I can tell him how I cut my hair. I think he understands. I don't know if he can communicate back. And again, um, I love Brunel at uh, Brunel at uh, uh, Horizon West Barbershop. 
But here's the thing is we were having a conversation and I was just talking normally. Um, I don't – here's what I'm getting at is my friend who does speak Spanish came with me one time, and they were talking, and they were talking just on a regular panner, and he found out I was a pastor. And it blew his mind, and it was the simplest things of he said he doesn't look like it. He didn't he didn't treat me differently because I mean he was his English was broken enough and all that, but he was cursing and he was talking about New York and he was talking about this and stuff like that. But I didn't react in a way of 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 making him feel a weird or whatnot. I think sometimes that's and I guess it's a weird concept, but I think sometimes we get too far on the other side of the pendulum as well. So you mm -hmm. talked a lot about being creative and being creative, but not bringing it back. I'm talking. I'm going to flip it the other way. Sometimes maybe the pendulum is so, um, so almost legalistic that we can't even. We have trouble connecting with those who are mm -hmm. not, um, yeah. connecting and want to connect with the church because we are, uh, you know. But at the same time, Josh, we're called to be different. Mm -hmm. We're called to be different, yep. and some things just aren't going to be understood. So now I'm backtracking on everything I just said, and I'm saying it right here in front of everybody. But the truth of the matter is we're called to be different. So mm -hmm. how does this work? This is the tension I want us to see and feel because there is real tension here between creativity mm -hmm. and holding up the, the the banter of what God's word says, right? The mantle mm -hmm. of like, hey, this is what God's mm -hmm. word said. Thus says the Lord, and, and this is mm -hmm. the truth of God's word, and this is it. So how do you play those two, and how do those two work together? And how do we reach our community without being weird about it mm -hmm. um, on one way or the other? I think mm -hmm. that's where the tension point is. That's where our conversation was. That's why we we said, hey, let's, we, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think it's a great conversation, Jay. I mean, people have a lot of preconceived notions of, of what a Christian is or a pastor is, you know, kind of like what you just mentioned. They think, you know, whatever their background is. Right. Correct. Whatever their whatever their whatever they whatever they see their perception is what they're going to project on whatever it is, and so I think yeah you can go two extremes you can go extreme we're going to be so edgy and you know we care about the lost and we're going to do X Y Z um, that can be helpful but then other times it's like man that that doesn't seem like it led back to Jesus but then like you said we have people that are hiding from the world that are that look at the Christian life is to is really to live separately, you know, to live completely separate from those that are without Christ or that live a different way or, or with or how they look or how they dress or, or, right. or, you know, whatever it might be. So I definitely grew up probably more on that side in, in some of the churches growing up as a, as a pastor's kid, you know, there was kind of an, uh, un, unspoken expectation of what yes, you need to wear. Absolutely. Um, now they'll, they'll welcome anybody, right? but you might, you might get some looks. Right. Or, or your, the length of your hair or whether you have a tattoo or not, you know, I mean, but we saw people come to Christ all the time growing up and it was awesome. But there was kind of this cultural, this kind of this, I'm a church person and that's not a church person or that, you know, they're there. And so there's a there's a tension that our churches should be a welcome, a welcoming, hospitable heart to everyone and anyone that is seeking to know Jesus or seeking to find answers. And I think every church would say. Bible believing church would say, yes, that we believe that. But at the same time, if the way that they function and the way that they treat people says something else, we can say it all day long, but we've got to show it in our actions. So that means spending time with people that are different than us. That means meeting neighbors, meeting coworkers, uh, people at the ball field, people that have no desire to know Jesus that might, you know, 
They, their language is nothing, uh, is nothing like ours, but to show them care and love. And then there should be something weird about us though. Going back to the whole weird thing, they should go, man, that's kind of weird. Like, man, they, they, they do that. They serve people like they're, you know, this guy's planting a church in, in this area. Like, that's weird. Like he's, he left where he used to live. He lives here. Like that's, that's weird. And there's no, there's no church he was going to. I mean, wh- wh- where's it, where's the church going to be? Uh, they don't know yet. Maybe a school. Oh, well, I mean, it is weird. Like from a, from a worldly mindset, why would you do what you're right. doing as a pastor church planner? Why would you uh, give up your Sunday to go to church and worship God? I mean, that sounds to a quote unquote, you know, someone that's far from God, like, man, that sounds pretty, pretty boring, pretty lame. Like I want to go out in the boat. I want to go do other things because that sounds fun. Church sounds boring. Uh, and, and so that's the mindset of the world. And so we have to set an example, you know, well, and how I we think, point people to Jesus. I think, I think you're, you're hitting a lot here. It's good. But at the same time, you can overcome those weirdness through relational things that you do. Right. Yes, he is. It's weird that he would give up every Sunday, but you know, he does. I mean, man, we can, we can sit here and talk about sports the same way, like, just like anybody else you could find connect. I think that's the key. That is one of the keys to being a, not just a pastor, just a believer in the world we live in. You got to find the common ground that you can Mm -hmm. have conversations about, and you can have those, you can be relatable in a way that people go, Oh yeah. He's just a normal everyday average person, just like me. Um, and you got to find those pieces. Like you just, you mentioned all that stuff about like, wow, you would leave somewhere, you plant a church, things like that. The, the connector piece we have is everybody wants community. Everybody wants to build community with other people. Everybody wants that. Um, they don't see the church as the means to the end to that. Everybody wants community, but they don't see the church as the means to the ends of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for it. They desire it. Cause that's what we're, by the way, by the, Biblically speaking, that's what we're created for is relationships and community. We know that because we study the Bible. We know that because the Bible tells us that. But the the people, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with that don't know Jesus don't understand mm-hmm. that. They know they need that, but they don't understand why that's important. So we find that commons factor. And that's one of the biggest key, you know, common factors that I found in church planning in general, whether that be in Massachusetts or that be here in Orlando area, is this this concept that people are looking for that and if we can offer that and we can show that you know we're normal average people that just want community just like you a whole bunch of barriers come down automatically and we can start having conversations uh about mm. about church about life about god um he, here's what i would i want to encourage I, I think as we're as i was processing all this josh I think every pastor is different, and it'd be hard for us to say you need to fit into this mold to be a pastor. Josh, you and I are you and I are different people. We agree on a lot of things, but we're different pastors. We're different types of the way we hold ourselves, the way we talk, the way we you know you come across way more elegant, uh, el, 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 eloquent. See, I can't even talk. Well, I've never been way, called with, elegant before. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not true with, with the way you talk. You come across <laughs> way smarter than I am. I'm proving this. I don't this. think. I don't the think way, so. Way Jay. smarter than the way I. You just do. You hold no. yourself differently. I, just hear me out. Let me. Let me. Let me communicate here. Like you do the way you communicate, the way you talk, the way you you hold yourself, the way you teach. Me, on the other hand, I am totally not that way at all. Um, I. I, I don't. I, I think we're completely different in the way we teach even um, in, in some ways. Some people can disagree, and actually there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who's heard both of us 
teach there at the bridge because you've had me multiple times. May not sure. ever have me back again, but hey, you know what? Um, you've had me a couple times. The truth of the matter is this: is I think we different, and the reason I'm pointing this out is pastors are listening, going, "Well, are you telling me? Are you communicating them? We need to be this creative beast, or we don't. We need to be this traditional more." I, I think there's room for both. I think there's lots Absolutely. of ways. There's people. There's people. I was listening to a podcast today. Um, but there's people we're all going to connect with. You're going to connect with people, Josh, that I wouldn't connect with. I'm going to connect with people you wouldn't connect with. And so I think there's room for all of us. But here are the two things I would tell you real quickly is one is in these aren't rocket scientists. You're going to go, okay, I thought you were going to tell me something cool and new, but it is really this. You, you said you're, you said the early on the podcast, we are all unique. We are unique. Mm -hmm. And I would say this, identify your strengths and lead from your strengths. You need to, as a pastor, identify your strengths and lead from your strengths. God uniquely put you together. He uniquely put you in a place where you're at. He called you to that place where you're at, to the people you're to serve, to the community you're to serve. It, you're not a way – you may not feel like you fit sometimes. You're not mm -hmm. as creative as you want to be, or maybe you're over-creative and you're not as um, you know uh, proper as you need to be. Whatever that may be, whatever spectrum you fall on. But know that this, that if God put you there, he's got you there for a reason. So lead from your mm -hmm. strengths. The second thing is this, and we've said this before. None of this is new. Lead from your strengths, but surround yourself with your weaknesses. So in other words, if I'm not creative, I need to surround myself with creative people. If I'm not as proper and you know whatever it may I need to surround myself. I need to put people around me that can fill in those gaps where I'm weak. Mm -hmm. sure. Right? I'm usually yep. the, the weirdest guy on our staff. That that the truth of the matter is this: any staff I've ever been on, I'm the weirdest one, and I'm okay with that because I know I need to surround myself with normal type people that are a little bit on the normal side. And I guess I'm using terms like what is what is normal, what is weird, mm -hmm. right? But I classify myself usually as the weirdest person on our team, and that's just because of who I am, and I know I need to surround myself. So I would say those two things, Josh: lead mm -hmm. from your strengths. You are uniquely where you're at. God put you there. He called. At the end of the day, he called you where you're at. If you can't mm -hmm. say beyond a shadow of a doubt, God called me here, you need to think that's that's where you need to start. And that mm -hmm. goes for not just pastors. That goes for church members as well. Is God got you where you are for mm -hmm. a reason. You're not sitting at that church. You're not just attending that church. God has called you there to serve that church and that community. If he's called you there, if he's called you there, you're there for a reason. So lead from your strengths and then surround yourself with people who are not like who are, you know, you who are strong and where you're weak at. And that goes mm -hmm. for small group leaders. That goes for ministry leaders. That goes for just average attenders who are just being in their community. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say when it comes down to all of this is like be who you're going to be. Understand that we don't all have to gravitate towards the line of sin in order to reach our, our, our friends and our neighbors and people we know that don't know Jesus. Just be who you are. Own that. And then surround yourself with people who are, might be a little different. That's yep, what I would say. That's good. That's good. I think at the end of the day, there should be something different in us as far as of Jesus than those without Jesus. In other words, how we speak, how we live should should reflect salt and light. Um, and, and at the same time, people know that we're not perfect, that we don't carry ourselves like we are. Uh, you know, we get a lot of funny comments as pastors. You know, I've had a, some funny ones this last year, whether it's the ball field or, you know, the, the basketball court, <laughs> you know, they'll find out I'm a pastor and they'll they'll make jokes and you know, do pastors talk trash or, you know, do, do you guys, do you, do you, do you like this? Or do you like that? Or I can hear, 
uh, someone whispering to someone else, hey, man, hey, watch your language. The pastor's here, you know, and, and that's just kind of what comes with the territory. But they should also, like you said, Jay, throughout, sense that although we are different, we're not going to say the things that they say if it's, you know, contrary to the word of God, but that there's a genuineness about us that we love Jesus and that we love them and uh, that we're going to care for them. I think just being intentional, loving people, giving them attention, um, inviting them in, inviting them into knowing more about the Lord or inviting them to the church, inviting them into your life, inviting them to go eat some food, you know, inviting them to have a conversation, having that spirit and that willingness to me is the most relevant thing you can do is opening right. yourself up and being relational and caring about them and getting, getting into their world. Tell me about your family. Tell me about, tell me about your story. Tell me, uh, tell me how I can be praying for you. Right. And, and I know some of that is, is pretty straightforward, but uh, most people don't have other people ask them how they're doing, believe it or not. In our culture today, most people don't hear a lot of people really pause and truly say, hey, how are you? How are things going with you? And then care enough to listen. So I think listening and and really being being present and encouraging to people is one of the most relevant things we can do, the most creative thing we can do is to show people that they're valuable. And then when, and when they feel valuable, their hearts open to the more that we have to share with them. And that is hopefully getting them to that point of, of trusting Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I think about Jesus and the things we read about how he lived his and did his ministry, right? He was always surrounded by people who were not walking with God at one point, or, you know, you know, I think about sitting in, you know, you often, you know, why is Jesus sitting and eating with sinners? Right. Um, there was something about Jesus that when he was in the room, when he was around people, um, even those that were far from him and not living the God, they were, they were still comfortable to some extent with him being around him. He put himself, he made himself and put himself in a position where he could, he could rub shoulders with those who are far from God and, and they could be in a, So we got to figure out how to do that. No matter mm-hmm. and what level, you know, whether you're a pastor or just an average person who, you know, it's just a person who attends church. Um, you got to figure out how you can do that. So when you're on the basketball court, how, how do you get it to a point where like, yeah, they, they know you're a pastor, but they're not, they're not going to be a, I don't know, feel ashamed to live the way they're going to, they're going to live the way they're going to live. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to pass judgment on them. All right. There's, there is no expectation for someone who doesn't know Jesus to live like Jesus. I, I can't expect that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live like Jesus because that's the way I'm called to live, mm-hmm. but there's not that expectation. So I, w- I want to get to a point, Josh, using your example earlier, I want to get to a point where when I'm in a room, people, they don't feel like they have to be somebody different. They can be real. They can be them. Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm like them. I'm normal. I'm just a normal average guy. I just know G- the difference between you and me is I know Jesus. It's the only difference. Um, and because I know Jesus, my life is different. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want you to act different. I don't want you to mm-hmm. I don't want you to act different because I'm in the room. Um I want you to be you. And then as God does the work, he'll change you. That God's the one that does that. It's not because I'm in the room that you you need to change. So I guess that's that's kind of where I'm getting at is I I I want to be that type of person where you can just be you, um, knowing that I'm not gonna judge you, because that's not my my place is not to judge you. Um, my place is to come alongside of you, meet you right where you are. And then hopefully by me living the way I'm living and us having good open dialogue, gotta do his thing. Mm-hmm. Gotta do his thing. 
so that's kind of where that's kind of where I fall on that. So good conversation, Josh. That's you want to leave you want to leave the listeners with anything before we 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 drop out on this 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 episode here? Oh, we love we love feedback. So if you have feedback on maybe future topics you want us to talk about, uh, share your top five desserts. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us, email us thepastorpod at gmail dot com. We want to hear from you. That's always a funny way to say tweet us. Tweet at us. Is that the right way to say it? Tweet us. It, I, tweet? I think it is. I don't know. I just I think I don't, that I was... don't know what the proper term is, but but click the Twitter button <laughs> at the pastor pod. I, I'd love your feedback too. When it comes to this topic, what have you found? Do you found that? What do you find? Do you find that churches sway one way or the other? Or what are you? What are you seeing from your perspective? What are you seeing? This is two pastors sitting on a podcast talking about what we see. What do you see? Maybe you're another pastor and you see it differently. Maybe you're uh, somebody who attends a church and you're like, I've seen it this way or that way. We mm-hmm. love your feedback because I think that's important. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, our intentions have never been that like, we just want you to listen to us because we're the professionals. If we're not. We'd rather have a dialogue with you. So start the dialogue, reach out to us any way you can. Uh, we have all the social media handles. You can reach out to us there. You can email us at thepastorpod.gmail.com. We'd love to hear back from you. So, Josh, again, 78, episode 78 in the books. Tune in next week for episode 79. From Josh and myself here at The Pastor Pod, have a great weekend, great week ahead of you. We'll see you back here next week.